Blog Talk Radio. talking sports and having fun doing it with all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show in a lot of different places. Stitcher.com. iHeart. Dot com, Spotify, GoForRadio.com, BlogTalkRadio.com. So a lot of different places to check out Go For It with your host, Paul Gann. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by Hall of Famer Willie Rowe. We got to talk NFL. It's that time of the year. Also, former NFL player Jeremiah Brown will be joining us. Jeremiah played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we're going to talk to Jeremiah about the upcoming NFL season and talk about some of the things he's doing in the community. Doing some big things out here in these streets. So we're going to talk to Jeremiah about that. Let's get right down to it. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown. We've been hearing about Antonio Brown throughout the course of this offseason. But not for good things. We 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 heard frostbite. We heard helmets. We heard all these different type of things. We heard Brown leaving practice, not showing up to practice because he can't get the right helmet, the appropriate helmet, the helmet that he wants. We've seen that. We've seen it all with Antonio Brown. And now, we thought, maybe, well, yesterday, it came out Antonio Brown and Mike Mayock, the GM for the Raiders, got into it over fines. Antonio Brown posted those said fines on social media, Instagram. Not very mature, but he does it. He did it, and he is who he is. We know who Antonio Brown is. But anyway, Brown and Mayock reportedly got into it at practice, had to be separated. Brown apparently called Mayock a cracker. And these two, and the thought was Antonio Brown would not be playing on Monday, could face the suspension. Also, the thought was Antonio Brown possibly could get cut. Release. But ultimately, apparently, today, reportedly, Antonio Brown apologized to his Raiders teammates. He said, I'm sorry. Apparently, he was emotional. So he apologized to his teammates. And you got the sense, hey, John Gruden wanted him out there. John Gruden, you 
know, he wants his big-time playmaker out there. He wants a guy who can hit home runs in Antonio Brown. He's a playmaker. John Gruden wanted him out there. They got it squared away for now. He will apparently be out there Monday night. But, man, I'm just looking at this situation, and you ask yourself, is Antonio Brown worth it? Is he worth it? I got to say, kind of yes. I mean, I would have done it this way. Hey, I would have had a long talk with him, and I probably would have forgiven the fines because you got to understand who you're working with in terms of Antonio Brown. He's the type of guy that seems that that's going to do things his way. He's the type of guy that you know if you you make him mad, you make him angry. He's going to take his ball and go home. He's that type of guy. He was a mess in Pittsburgh, and thus far with the Raiders, he's been a mess. But at the end of the day, no matter what happens with the helmet, no matter what happens with the frostbitten feet, no matter what happens with him and Mayock, at the end of the day, this guy's a playmaker. You brought him in to make plays. And he's going to make plays. He made plays in Pittsburgh. The guy's a playmaker. The guy is big time. He's one of the best wide receivers, if not the best wide receiver in football. So you got to work it out. You got to try to get him on board, which seemingly that has happened. He apologized, apparently. Emotionally, he you know, it was an emotional apology. So that situation, I guess, is fixed for now. But this is a marriage between the Raiders and Antonio Brown that might be sort of similar to a lot of your marriages out there. There's going to be some ups. There's going to be some downs. There's going to be some highs. There's going to be some lows. There's going to be some arguments. But at the end of the day, as long as Antonio Brown produces and comes home and does what he has to do on the football field, life will be good. We're going to bring in a guy now, a Hall of Famer, played this game at the highest of levels. Let's bring him in now, Hall of Famer, Willie Rose. Willie. How's it going? Good. Yourself? What'd you say, Paul? I said you're doing good yourself? Everything's good, man. I just landed in New Orleans today. Okay, so you're out there in beautiful New Orleans. And let me ask you, let's start with Antonio Brown. I mean, apparently today he made an apology to his teammate. According to John Gruden, he will be playing on Monday. A lot going on with Antonio Brown. Frostbitten feet, uh, helmet situation. And then him arguing with Mike Mayock, apparently, reportedly, calling him a cracker during their argument. End of the day, how do you see the situation, Willie? Uh, it's funny we talk about him. 
I played with his father, Eddie Brown, and uh, I was texting him yesterday. You know, it's 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 just been everybody's everybody's got to deal with the helmet situation. So the foot situation, I understand, but the helmet situation, excuse me, they made all the players adjust and get new helmets. So that was something he was going to have to do. It didn't matter. The league canceled out that helmet. You had to get a new helmet. When you have, when you're with a team, and, and, and remember, Paul, he had left the team for some of the time with the helmet situation going on. When you, 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 you have, he has a responsibility to that team. He's a leader on that team. He's a vet. He's a seven-time pro bowler. His numbers now are similar to the numbers I had when I tore my ACL and left New Orleans. And this this kid is a few more good years, a couple more good, real good years. This kid is a, a early Hall of Fame lock type of player if he continues to play at the level he's been playing at. Now, that can go the other way too, Paul, if he doesn't do what he needs to do. But he's a leader. He's a role model. If he was in some meetings that were meant he's supposed to be at, and he in the walkthrough or, 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 or practice he missed, I think that was recent. He needs to get fined because Paul, we know, has a, he has a history of this of being late and missing stuff. He was doing it with Pittsburgh, and you can't let him do this, and 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 because other guys are going to see it and just let him get get away with stuff like that. There has to be accountability there. Now he's a vet. He's a pro. And this is what I explained to his father that, you know, does he want to be like T.O. and have that reputation? Or does he want to take care of his business in Oakland, go to a few more, get another first team, two all pros and a few more Pro Bowls? And we're talking about him early Hall of Fame lock, Paul. And unfortunately, I think at this stage of his career, he is on that T.O. level in terms of, the perception of this guy, the perception of him being a disruptor, the perception of him being selfish, the perception of him, you know, perception of the whole thing, of it all, it being all about Antonio Brown. So I think at this point, he's there in terms of his reputation. But to your point, he may have an opportunity to walk it all back if he can go straight and continue to put up big time numbers. He'll definitely put up big-time numbers because he is that good. The question is, can he fall in line? That's going to be a – Paul, I, 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 I'm really happy the way they structured that contract. He gets – the money's guaranteed, but basically money is the next two years' salary. So the problem is he makes his active roster. When he makes it – when he's on active roster – you know, they, they he's he's going to get that fourteen million dollars. So uh, that money is guaranteed. Now I don't know how it's structured for the second year of the deal, but he's got to fall in line. And you have to. He not only does he need to fall in line, Paul. He's a leader on the team. You have to be accountable. You are you you've had this diva role attitude going on for a long time in Pittsburgh. You got a fresh start, a new team. I mean, when you leave like that and you have a bad marriage when he left the Steelers and you get a fresh start, you got Gruden. Gruden got his back. He's doing all this stuff, trying to cover for the guy. You know, you, you, it's like a breath of, breath of fresh air. And he could have ended up in Buffalo, and he ended up going to Oakland. He's in, he's in California. He's got beautiful weather. They're about to go to a brand-new stadium in 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 uh, in, um, in, 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 uh, in uh, Vegas. 
And part, I mean, that's the state of the art stadium. And no state tax. What more could he ask for? He's going to be in Las Vegas. You know, he's right close to L.A. I mean, he's in California. I mean, he should. If he takes care of his business, Paul, this kid can. He can play another five or six years. You see how? He, did you watch some hard knocks, Paul? High? He's got the bike in the pool. He's throwing. The, he's got the the thing throwing the balls at him uh, at, at, at his house. He can play another five or six years. So he's got to stop with all the shenanigans. Or like I said, he's gonna have a tough if the if he continues this in Oakland, he's not gonna be making all that big money. So if he wants to continue to make those fourteen million those fourteen fifteen million dollar checks a year, Paul. He's going to have to stay on the straight and narrow. So we'll see what he decides to do because at the end of the day, the bottom line is it's up to him how he wants to be perceived moving forward. He can change the narrative if he wants to. For sure. It definitely has an opportunity, a chance to change the narrative. He is 31 years old. And so at the end of the day, you know, there's going to be a point in time where he's not going to be the Antonio Brown on the football field that we all know and love, that big-time playmaker. So to your point, you know, obviously if he wants to continue to make that big-time money, still has to put up the numbers, but he still has to go straight and narrow. And we'll see if he can do that. That's going to be the big question, I think, for the next few years when it comes to Antonio Brown. But right now, so, go ahead. So it's so, to me, I'm looking at it, right? He always likes his me-against-the-world attitude. So is some of this motivation to hype himself up to deal with the pressure of want, of having to be the man still? Is it the pressure that's getting to him that's making him lash out and do some of this stuff? What you know? Is it his personal life? You know, we know his situation, and I you know you see all the little kids, and I know he has uh, some, uh, some children, a lot, some a few number of children. What you know, what's going on in his personal life? But my point is, it the pressure of being great. When you get to that level, and I get traded to Kansas City, I mean, there's, there's still pressure of you being that player. So he's still supposed to be that guy. It doesn't matter if he's in Oakland. He's that talented. He can do it anywhere. But is it the pressure of being great that that's, that's causing some of this? We don't know that, Paul. We don't know. I mean, it, we definitely don't know. But he's definitely he's acting out, and he's not – it doesn't seem like – I don't know. I don't know the guy. And I, so I'm, I'm just going off of what I'm seeing. It, it, it definitely seems like at this point, he's not all there, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm not around the guy on a day-to-day basis. But to your point, there could be something going on. Who knows? Who knows what's going on? I, I want to go back to something you said in terms of pressure. When you went from New Orleans to Kansas City, you felt a lot of pressure to be that guy. I did. You know, I didn't feel the pressure like that. I just felt the pressure that that I knew I wanted to play at a certain level. I, but I was walking into a situation that I was on a veteran offensive line. Tony Gonzalez, Priest Holmes. That offense was productive the year before I got there. So they had Priest. Remember the year before I got there, rushed for sixteen hundred yards. They just weren't throwing the ball like that. When I got there, that's when Trent threw for 4,000 yards, four consecutive years. And that offense we had was one of the best offenses, if not the best in the league over that time period. So I was in a different situation. He's walking into a situation. I don't know how productive the Raiders' offense was. I don't think it was – they've been very inconsistent. 
Uh, they they picked up the big, not very productive. They picked up the big tackle. I think he's going to be real good. The kid Brown for the kid from uh, the Patriots to solidify that line. I think they they got the tight end. So the only way they can do is go up. So if Brown can take that, if he can take that to a you know middle of the range offense from where they were in the to the middle of the league and they, and they, and he's a deep threat, then it's a great scenario for him because they weren't productive at all. So you know I walked in a situation where. They had ran the ball great the year before, and uh, we just kept getting better. And uh, I was a part of that. So he he can if they're at the bottom of the ring, the only way they can go is up. So um, I think they're going to be a lot better this year. I think they're better on both sides of the ball. I just think he needs to uh, he needs to, to do his part. And, and 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 I mean he's got he's got those kids, young guys looking up to him. Paul, this guy. Has been a, a hell of a football player. He was on Dance with the Stars. He's more than a football player. He's he's a celebrity, and 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 he brings that. If you saw that that hard knock show when he was at that high school, those kids were going crazy. I mean, it's, right. I mean, Antonio Brown can influence a lot of youth. So he needs to understand it from that point too. And that's what I was trying to tell his father when I was texting Eddie. I said, look, Eddie, you know, he's got those little kids at home. He's got people looking at him and. And this, I'm, I'm sorry, Paul. Some of this is this social media-driven generation we're in. I mean, it's, everything is a post. Everything uh, they do is put out there, good or bad. It's put out right. there in social media. I wouldn't want my personal business all out of that put out on social media. But it seems like the more attention they get, the more stuff they want to put out there, good or bad. Yeah, it is the nature of the generation that we're in. I mean, social media is a game changer, and everybody, like you said, wants to put every moment, every situation, everything that they do on social media for people to like it, love it, and to comment about it. That's just the reality of the situation. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rove. Willie, I got to ask you this. I mean, today, Kansas City Chiefs extended Tyreek Hill reportedly three years, $54 million. The 25-year-old Tyreek Hill, we all know the situation that he has had, you know, the situation where, you know, domestic violence situation, situation with his, uh, with his child there. I mean, a lot of things going on with Tyreek Hill. Ultimately, you know, he was cleared in, in, in this latest situation. But the question becomes, do you really trust Tyreek Hill? And based on what the Kansas City Chiefs did today, $35 million guaranteed, they believe and they trust Tyreek Hill. Your thoughts on this deal? He's a, he's a special player, Paul. He's a he's a game changer. Tyreek Hill is a, is an absolute returner receiver. He does it all. So the kid has been a pro all pro pro bowl of every year the last few years. So he he had to get paid. Now, what is reported, Paul, before this happened, he, he was going to get a long term deal, and I was in in, in the hundred million range. So the the fact that they gave him a three year deal. The numbers were the numbers as far as about about how much they were going to give him per year. That was already uh, 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 the situation. But what I had, what I was told was Tyreek Hill was about to sign a long deal, a very lucrative deal, and that's when all the stuff happened with the girl because you know he wasn't really with her like that. They had a kid together, but I think she was still living with him. So obviously she wanted more out of the situation. Obviously, it was a volatile situation. Uh, a lot of hearsay, she, she say stuff going on. But at that time, 
I was I was told that he was going to sign a deal in the hundred million dollar range. So the fact that he got a three year deal that protects him and 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 secures him for the next few years and giving him some money, so he's not worried about getting injured. And I think it's it protects the team where he's not getting one of these hundred million dollar deals with about sixty million guaranteed, which 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 it probably would have been. So uh, I think uh, it was a good compromise on both sides of the ball to get something done and to lock him up. But as far as the football player, I, I mean, he's uh, he's the most electric player in, in pro football right now. Yeah, Tyreek Hill's a special player. I mean, he like you said, he's electric. Man, he is fast. He's just a big-time playmaker. And, you know, as good as Patrick Mahomes is, he needs Tyreek Hill. He needs what Tyreek Hill brings to the table. And so, to me, you know, the Chiefs, he's 25 years old. The kid's 25 years old. And hopefully, you know, he can fix things with his relationship, fix things, all the things that are going on with his life, get around some positive people, and change. Because people can change, and he can change. He's still young enough well, well, where – go ahead. Well, I, I, think he, I, think he need, I think that relationship, he needs to get away from that, that woman in that situation. Some Probably. people, you know, this is the same woman that he had issues with in college, Paul. If you remember, he had issues in college where they said he said he hit, he hit her pregnant or something happened. So he, you know, this is that's why he had to leave Oklahoma or whatever college he was at because he was he was at a bigger school and he had to leave his school because of the situation with her going back to college. So this has been a situation with this with, with this young lady that has been. Uh, 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 a thorn in his side, if you want to say that. He does have the child that he has to be responsible for. But as far as their situation, uh, if th- if it's been like this back and forth, then then how do you how do you trust each other? There, there's got to be a trust like here, and it, and I think he needs a. If the smartest thing would be for him to step away from that situation. Yeah, it does seem like that would be the most ideal situation. Obviously, they have it's a volatile situation in a situation that is, you know, caused him a lot of issues, a lot of problems. Like, hopefully, 25 years old, a lot of room for growth. Hopefully he can grow, you know, and hopefully he can become that man, that individual. Uh, another one, another one, Paul, another one where he, he, he can go two different ways, and that's why it's a three-year deal. Well, right. he's got this year plus three more. If he doesn't do what he needs to do, he 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 won't be around, you know. So, you know, the, is 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 the money gonna make you better, or is the money gonna make you worse? We'll find out. Usually, money has a way of making you really not better. <laughs> History has shown us that money usually makes people a little worse. But hey, you know, maybe he can buck the trend here and become the man that he was put on this earth to be. And hopefully that is, you know, some amazing, amazing things. We'll see. Speaking, I mean, it's interesting. Antonio Brown, he had his issues. Tyreek Hill had his issues. All those guys got their money. And another guy who's had his issues off the field, Ezekiel Elliott, he just got paid. Six-year, $90 million deal, $50 million in guaranteed money. Looking at this deal, to me, you almost had to do it. Not almost, you had no choice. If you're Dallas Cowboys and you believe that you're a Super Bowl contending football team, you need Ezekiel Elliott. 
Ezekiel Elliott in some ways is just important, if not more important, than Dak Prescott. So you need Ezekiel Elliott. Your thoughts on Zeke getting his money? Had to do it. I agree with you. You know, get him locked up. Get keep keep him happy. He's he's carried the ball more. Look at the number. His number more times than anybody. More, the most productive back in football. Uh, uh, had had to pay him. Let, get him done with the smart. He he he, he he's had he, he he's doing little nonsense though, Paul. He's not getting in trouble like that. His teammates love him. You know, he's good in the locker room. You never hear anything about him at the facility or him doing stuff and and getting in trouble or his teammates or or talking bad about, you know, as far as that type of stuff, his teammates love love this kid. And, uh, you know, I saw he donated $100,000 to the Salvation Army. And, and, uh, you know, he he comes from a good family. uh, So, you know, it it had to be done. And uh, I think they're going to be a real good football team this year and and we'll see what happens but uh i think it's smart but uh that uh, that prescott sitting in a real good situation uh i know that they're still gonna probably get something done i don't know what that number is gonna be you know paul they said he turned down 30 a year but you got to take this into effect too paul these guys got to take the fact they want to get be the highest paid but there's no state tax so that 10 that, that girlie's paying another 13 percent if he's roughly california in california your quarterback in Philly's paying what is nine ten percent, you know. The, the, now there's none up in uh, in Washington for Russell Wilson, but there's no state tax in Texas, so that money's really a lot more because they're saving thirteen percent. Right, that's true. But whatever I mean, the state tax number is, you look at Went. I think Went's numbers around thirty two a year. You look at Went. You know he's been injured the past two seasons, towards ACL in 2017, on his way to an MVP season, played towards ACL, and then the following year he had a back issue, and he got paid. Dak is a guy who hasn't missed a start, won two division titles in his three years as a starter. Dak deserves to get paid. Now, I don't think he has what, 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 he what, what, What's golf good. numbers? What's that? What's golf numbers? What was his contract? Think, How much is he breaking per? Let's look that up real quick. But uh, you look at golf and you look at Carson Wentz, those guys, I mean, golf made it to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, it's been the playoffs before, once before, in the Super Bowls, the year after. So he, he's made some big time plays throughout his career. I'll get his number in a moment, yeah. but but, but uh, golf, golf, had rough, golf had a rough golf had a rough first year. Thirty three million okay. for golf. So you're, you're talking about? Go ahead. Well, what what does that want? How much does he want? Well, I mean, there was a report what that he turned down forty or that he wanted forty. No, he turned um, down 30. So, you figure golf's at 33, went to around 32. I guess he wants somewhere around that number. And almost rightfully so on some level, based on his accomplishments. 
So we'll see yeah. how that works out. We'll see how they, you know, figure this whole thing out. But Dak has to get paid. And I think if the Cowboys are smart, they get it done sooner than later. Because that football team, like you talked about, the very good football team, that's a team that easily could go to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. With the talent they have on defense, with the horses they have offensively, you know, Zeke, that offensive line, you know, Mark Cooper had a big-time year. Dallas is a team that easily could win the Super Bowl next year. There, there's a lot of talent on that roster. So Dak, if he wins the Super Bowl, you know, he's going to get more money. But, I mean, we'll see what happens. Ultimately, they're going to come together on something because they have to. Well, this, this, and, this is my deal, Paul. I'd rather see if it's 31, 32, whatever that number is, that – Get this. If I'm him, get that deal locked up before the season starts. I don't want to be worried about it. What if I get hurt? What if this? What if that? Get the get the deal locked up before the season starts, so you you're not worried about it. I, I, but see, the deal is he's making. I heard around ten million dollars off the field per year, so he's making a lot of endorsement money. But I, if I'm him, I'm, if it's me, I want to get a deal done. I don't want to be worried about that going into the season. That's the last thing I want to be worried about. Uh, you know, on my money, my contract. But but I mean, if he feels secure in that, you know, what if he's not having as productive a year? Uh, Amars Cooper's dealing with the heel issue. My, this, so I, I'd rather just get something locked up and I'd be to get that part of it out of the way so I'm not worried about it. For sure. I, I would feel the same way. I mean, you don't want that hanging over your head, you know, get hurt, things of that nature. You don't want that. So we'll see how they work this situation out. I think it will work out just like they worked it out with Zeke and and Dak will get paid, and, and Cowboys will live happily ever after for now. Let me ask you this. Andrew Luck, a few weeks ago, 29 years old, decided to walk away from football. I mean, for me, I don't think – I won't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back next year or the year after that. I think at this point, he's a guy got all those injuries – you know, pain, dealing with all those pain, all that pain, dealing with all that rehab. I think he was just physically and mentally exhausted. And sometimes you step away from a situation, you get refreshed, you get renewed, and then you return. I think ultimately that will happen. I expect Andrew Luck to play again. He's, he's that good. He walked away in his prime. Your thoughts on Andrew Luck and that whole situation, him retiring? Yeah, I, it's a, that was a tough situation. He's taken a lot of hits, and we've seen some quarterbacks get get take a lot of hits. Cars, Cars brother, remember the other kid that was in Houston a few years back. Uh, I agree with you. I think I think he will maybe come back in a year or two. I think his body is not feeling well, and that and that and that foot, calf, whatever injury that was. It's still bothering him. They wanted him to stay around, and they might have put him on pump or whatever, and let him see if he could get better with that injury. Because I don't think I don't think Paul he can push off great with that leg. You know, I mean, it's been his arms and his upper body. Now, if it starts becoming his lower body, uh, and, and you're worried about being able to push off and plant on that on that leg, and you're on that you're not on grass, you're on that artificial turf turf grass. You know, it's better than than turf turf, but. Uh, you know, I just felt like the, the kid just wanted to step away because he, he who wants to be in the training room 
and everybody's saying, when you coming, when you going back, when you, I mean, how you feeling? Nobody, nobody wants to keep going through that. I mean, so I, I, I just think he's tired of it. He's made a lot of money. He's a smart kid. And uh, hopefully he does come back. You know, like you said, I think he he's a quarterback. He can take a year or two off. And I know the the coach will welcome, welcome him back if he, if he did change his mind. But he's a smart kid, Paul. If he gets going in other stuff and, and, and his interests are other stuff, he might not come back. Because he, you know, I think the door is going to be open for him to do other things because as smart as he is. So we'll see how this plays out. It's going to be he just got married. He's having a baby. Uh, he just got married this year. So you know, just you know, and so it's going to be some other people that have something to do with to make with that decision other than him, whether they want him to come back or not. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. I just think you know, I mean. I haven't played the game. Obviously, you played the game, played at a high level. You know the bumps and bruises. You know how it feels to rehab from injury. You know how it feels to, to be in pain. Were there times throughout your career or any point in your career that you thought about walking away at like an early age? I mean, you left the game at 35. Were there times where you wanted to walk away sooner because of the bumps and bruises? No, I I, I I wanted to walk away because I was at training camp mad when I was younger because we were out there hitting every day for for you felt like your legs were gone. So when you got in there, went in there to get dressed and your body was tired, you you think you wanna you talk about walking away. But now I I started thinking about what when I was gonna walk away when I got older in Kansas City about how long I was gonna play. I was another one that that, that wanted to come back another year, but. But uh, I made that decision before not doing camps. You, but you see, guys, sometimes when they get older, Paul, you've seen them, and they go to camp, and they and they're not their body's not doing as well, and they retire right like doing training camp, you know, and 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 that's happened before too. But uh, like some people said, he should have done it earlier or whatever. But he thought he was going to play this year, and he thought he was going to feel well. Uh, uh, so, you know, and and Paul, I mean. These guys are making what fifteen? It's a different day and age now, Paul. They're making, uh, you know, top linemen are making thirteen, fifteen million a year. So, uh, I guess you can walk away when you, you know, these guys are making that kind of money. But, you know, I, you know, I would like to see him. He had a great year last year, the comeback player of the year last year. So, you know, if he do, if he doesn't play anymore, he. He 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 went out with a, with a great year and went to the playoffs. But and the Colts have an ex. The people are like you're doing it now, and we we have such a good football team. So that's that's why people are astounded uh, too because they finally got a line around him. But for all them years, Paul, they didn't have a line, and and they wouldn't draft. They would they weren't drafting any linemen, and he was getting beat up back there. Yeah, he took a beating. He took a big time beating, and it, it's funny. It's ironic. I mean, not ironic, but it's funny. We look at it, and who would have ever imagined after RG3's rookie year, after Andrew Luck's, you know, years throughout, you know, Andrew Luck's production, who would have ever thought that these guys, you know, who would have thought in 2019 that RG3 would be a backup and Andrew Luck would have been retired? I don't think anybody would have ever predicted that after what we saw in 2012 in their rookie year. It's amazing how this thing works and how life works and how the NFL works. I mean, it's incredible. We're talking to Hall of Famer, 
Willie Rose. So, Willie, before we get out of here, I mean, we look at the NFL. I mean, to me, the NFC, there's a lot of good football teams in the NFC. I mean, the Eagles, the Cowboys, you know, the the Saints, the Bears, I think they're going to be around, the Packers, maybe. But there's a lot of good football teams. The Saints, a lot of good football teams in the NFC. In your opinion, who comes out of the NFC? Man, that's a tough one. Uh, it's going to be tough. I, I think uh, I think the Saints are going to be right there in the mix of it. Uh, I like the Cowboys a lot. I like the Cowboys a lot, like everybody. But I think the, you know, I would like the Saints. Everything they've been through, I would like to see the Saints come out of it and get a chance. After, especially after what happened last year, the Rams are going to be good again. I mean, it's it's going to be tough. But I, like I said, I would like to see the the Saints come out of there and. Uh, Get another chance to go out the ring before uh, Drew Brees, Drew Brees uh, uh, retires. Okay, All right. it should be interesting. It's 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 going to be fun. The Saints are going to have a good football team. They were a good football team last year. Many believe belongs in the Super Bowl. You know, we all know what went down there. So we'll see. I mean, but to me, you could pick a lot of those teams. You could pick the Rams. You could pick the Saints. You could make an argument, legit argument. For the Rams, the Saints, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Bears, even though what we saw last night is what we saw, you still can make arguments for these football teams to go to the Super Bowl. Should be fun, no matter what happens. Let me ask you this, AFC. The Chiefs, obviously, are going to be there. You can't, even without Gronkowski, you can't dismiss the Patriots as long as Tom Brady is in the building. You know, the Steelers are a good football team. They're going to be good. Maybe the Jaguars with Nick Foles. How do you see the AFC? Is it all about the Chiefs? Uh, I think it's all about the Chiefs, but I agree with you. I think the Jaguars are going to do who the, who the receiver. The Jaguars are going to score points, but it's a different league. But I, I like the Jaguars with their defense. But, I, I, you know, again, I think the Chiefs are at the front of the pack. What, what about the Browns? I, I'm not what? there yet. I'm not there yet. You're not there? I, You're not there? I'm not there yet. I mean, we could talk about Baker Mayfield, second-year quarterback. I, I'm not there yet. I mean, they got I, it I all. They got it all. They got it all. They got, a, they got a lot of things. Defensively, they got a lot of weapons. Obviously, I'm not there yet. I'm not there. This is a team. I'm leaning toward the Chiefs. I'm leaning toward the Chiefs. I got the Browns up there in the mix. I got the Browns. They got a young quarterback, but they got some receivers. They got a tight. They got the, 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 the Browns' offensive line scares me. So, you know, that's what scares me. The the the, the line, but I got the Chiefs the front runner in the AFC this year. I got the Chiefs the front runner, and I would put I would put Jacksonville in the conversation in the. You know, obviously the Steelers are always good, but you, the Pats, you can never, like I said, you can't count the Pats out, but I'm, I'm, leaning, I'm leaning toward the Chiefs. Yeah, I think I think to lead towards the Chiefs is not a bad thing. Here's the funny thing about the NFL, though. A lot of the teams that make the playoffs one year don't make it the next. It's just crazy mm-hmm. how the NFL works. I agree. I think the Chiefs, they're poised 
They're primed. Defense, I think, is going to be better. I think the Chiefs are a football team that definitely should go back. I get the Browns. The Browns talk. To me, I'm not ready. I think maybe they, they could be a year away. And we'll see with Baker Mayfield if he truly is the man, the guy that many think he could be because he has the weapons. Landry, Chubb. Kareem Hunt coming back. Forgot yeah. about him. Yeah. The, the weapons are there. The weapons are there. So we'll see what happens, man. But it's, it's the NFL season. It's going to be fun. Let me ask you this. Um, the preseason, you know, at this point in your day, guys played in the preseason. Now, guys don't really play in the preseason. And last night, the game was a little raggedy. The, you know, there wasn't aesthetically pleasing. You know, it looked like guys were a little rusty. I think in week one and maybe the first two to three weeks of this season, we're going to see guys trying to get rust off, and we're not going to see the best brand of football because guys aren't playing in the preseason. And I get it. I get why they're not doing it. But, I mean, I think it does affect the product a little bit, and I think it's going to affect the product the first three weeks of the season. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think guys are rusty. You can't, you can't, guys are making so much money, probably you can't get them hurt. So I think they got to cut the preseason down to two weeks and let guys go in the camp, get the rust off a little bit. That's why, that's why football, the games aren't really good a lot of times till after three or four weeks of, of the, of the season because guys are still shaking the rust off and getting their timing and everything down. And like you said, it's nothing, you, you, you can only do that in games. You can't do that in practice all the time. You got to do that in games. And like I said, we played in the preseason. We played more in the first in the first three preseason games than we would cut back on the last preseason game. But that third preseason game, we were good out there and play a good, you know, three three quarters. We played at least three quarters. And in that fourth preseason game, you know, they would let the other guys play more because they wanted to see who they were going to keep on the roster. But by that third preseason game, we would play at least most teams would play at least three quarters. Right. The starters, yeah, especially that. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we had such. I mean, Carson Wentz didn't even play in the preseason. Nick Foles, you know, for the Jaguars, played a couple series in the preseason. You know, guys, like you said, they're, they're not playing in the preseason, and they're they're going to use the first few weeks of this regular season to knock off the rust. But I, I think the NFL has to do something about the preseason. I mean, maybe it is time we go eighteen weeks. I mean, because of the way the preseason is going, it's just preseasons in general are not the most watchable. Now, they no. become pretty much unwatchable. I mean, it, it, it's just an, a bad product. Yeah, hopefully... you don't even watch it. So, so then, Paul, you go to 18 games, and then I, I agree with the rule. You got to take the starters out, so you can't have everybody play 18 games. So you choose what 16 you want guys to play. You can't let them make them play 18 games. So there has to be a two two games where guys don't play. So you have to put the other guys in to play. So, so then like that, the, that's the way I would, huh? You like that rule where they would play? I like that. I like this. You play 16 of the 18. 
the, the, the owners get to get two more regular season games. You only have two preseason games, but the guys don't play more than the 16 games in the playoffs. That's a tough thing. Here's the tough thing for me with that. Let's just say hypothetically speaking, you know, you play your guys all the first 16 weeks, those last two weeks, you're fighting for a playoff spot and you can't play your guy because he's only allowed to play 16 games. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I get it. I don't think it's a bad way to go. But I, I do question whether or not if you get into a must-win situation and then the guy, one of your stars or, you know, one of your yeah. big guys, whether it's, it may not be a star, but a key role player can't play because he's past that, you know, that 16-game mark. And it would be interesting with the offensive line as well because, you know, you could be running into a situation, with, especially with those guys up front, you know, you know better than I do in terms of the continuity. Now, if you're mixing guys in and out because you don't want them to go over that 16-game mark, it could be an issue. I don't know. Well, you got well, what you got to do is you got to uh, you have to ask more roster spots. Obviously, you have to ask right. ask about at least five to ten more roster spots. Right. So you, instead of fifty-three man roster, they have to be a 60, 60, you know, sixty-five. I don't know, sixty-two. You'd have to you'd have to ask, add, add more more roster spots. And also, my issue is even though you have fifty-three, you can only dress forty-six. You have to, you know. Uh, not you know you got to sit a few guys down. To me, maybe you just get rid of that. You got a 53 man roster. Let the 53 men play. I mean, yeah, we'll see. They 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 got to figure it out. But the preseason has become unwatchable, and it's an issue. And we'll see what they do to correct the issue. So end of the day, before we get out of here, end of the day, who's walking home with that Lombardi? Oh, come on, Paul. <laughs> uh, right now, I will say... New Orleans. Okay. The Saints. All right. So, we'll see what happens. See if Drew Brees can get these boys back to a Super Bowl and uh, win the title for New Orleans. We'll see. Willie, absolute pleasure. Thank you. And guess when? What? What? Where, where did the Saints win their last, their only Super Bowl? Where was it born at? That was in Miami. And where's the Super Bowl this year? In Miami. <laughs> and it's the ten-year anniversary of the Saints winning the last Super Bowl. So everything is coming together. Yes. <laughs> we'll see. All right. All right, Willie. Appreciate it. Thank you. For, thank you for having me. Hall of Famer, Willie Rowe. Pleasure talking to him, as always. So, earlier this week, we talked to former NFL player Jeremiah Brown. Jeremiah played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Unfortunately for Jeremiah, concussions ended his career. So we're going to bring in Jeremiah Brown now. And again, we talked to Jeremiah earlier this week. 
and he touched on a lot of great things. Take a listen. Let's bring him in now, Jeremiah Brown. Jeremiah, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. You got a lot of great things going on in the community. We'll get to that in a moment. But I want to get your thoughts on Andrew Luck. I mean, young guy, 29 years old, stepped away from the game in his prime. Your thoughts on it? I mean, I I feel good about it. You know, uh, it's funny because uh, me, me and Andrew Luck were in the same draft class. Um, you know, of course, he went number one overall. And, um, you know, I, I just going in, you know, it, it, it meant a lot when, when you heard a lot of the, the former guys saying you want to leave on your terms. And, um, you know, I don't know if that was the theme for 2012, you know, when we both entered the league. But, um, you know, the fact that, you know, he was able to, you know, have a great career and, uh, you know, have his injuries hinder his career more on the latter um, and he left on his terms, you know, so I support his decision. I've had the opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to meet him and, and be in the same arena as him. So, um, you know, I, I definitely support his decision. What stood out for you? I know you spent some time around the guy. What stood out to you about him? Um, I, just, just him being humble, you know what I mean? Like, for me, you know, I'm I'm a cat, you know, coming from, you know, uh, very humble beginning just just in regards to um, what I had access to and, you know, more of what I didn't have access to, you know, growing up um, in uh, a low uh, socioeconomical community and, uh, you know, just watching my mother struggle, you know, um, Andrew Luck didn't go through any of that, you know, and, um, you know, just my time from being around him, um, he was just super humble and just, um, you know, more than anything, just grateful for the opportunity uh, to play the game. Um, and uh, as someone like myself and many other guys, um, you know, just playing in the league, you know, it, it's more of like a way out. It's more of a way to uh, provide for your family and um, just change the narrative within your community. Um, and the fact that Andrew Luck didn't necessarily have to go through all of those things, uh, but still was super humble. And, um, you know, would, um, he, he wasn't the guy that, you know, w- would roll up, you know, with the, with the fanciest car. You know, he was just super humble. And uh, for me, uh, he's just a pleasure to be around. Do you expect him to return? Um, I on his terms. Um, okay. to be honest with you, um, I think that you know he's he's still young. I mean, we're, we're the same age, twenty nine years old, touching thirty next year. And um, you know, the the man can still play. Um, everyone knows this. I think that uh, you know, him taking this move was more of him just being able to just live his life. You know what I mean, and um, yeah. you know it. It not be uh, it not be speculations on um, you know what could be or what can't be. It is at this point he said what he said. You know he meant what he meant, and um, you know in, in terms of his rehabilitative process, um, you know again it's going to be on his terms. So I mean I, I support that uh, wholeheartedly. So Ezekiel Elliott. There are talks, you know, there are reports out there that him and the Cowboys are close to a new contract. Looking at that situation and just looking at running backs in the National Football League, I know Zeke has two years left on his deal, but at the end of the day, the body has only so many hits in it. So looking at it from that perspective, how do you view Zeke's holdout? I mean, I think for himself, you know, he's, 
I think with a lot of players, you know, and I, I think uh, Le'Veon Bell, um, you know, definitely was probably the more dramatic just in regards to him missing the entire season. Um, another great guy, but, you know, someone who, you know, took a stand. And I think that, you know, just in hearing Jerry Jones speak, uh, another great guy, you know, it, it, it seems like, you know, the NFL is just looking to, I guess, get their, you know, uh, gain their control back. You know, um, you know, talk around the league is, you know, players are threatening to, you know, not play. And, you know, you, you've heard Jerry Jones, you know, mention that, you know, um, Super Bowls aren't necessarily won with running champions. And, um, you know, just, just, just taking that stance of, you know, and, and I think the, the, the Patriots are to credit this, you know what I mean? And just the, the, the high level of success they've been able to sustain and not necessarily having, you know, a star talent like Ezekiel Elliott. Um, or a star wide out to necessarily win a championship. So teams around the, the league, you know, especially owners, are, 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 if, if they haven't realized already, they've realized that, you know, um, you know, them not necessarily having um, Ezekiel-like talent could – doesn't necessarily mean that they won't be able to win a championship. But, you know, Ezekiel's a special talent. They drafted for a reason. Um, he's definitely going to get paid. Um, but again, I, I really think that uh, if there's one thing that I've learned just in my short stint in the league, you know, and I was unfortunate, I, I had an injury very early on. It's a business, you know what I mean? Right. And even even for myself, you know, um, you know, my agent, you know, Todd Barnes, who was a great guy, was able to, you know, guarantee some things within, you know, my rookie deal. But um, it's a business, you know, and, you know, once you get paid, you know, you are an investment and they want to make sure they protect that investment. And unfortunately, Zeke has gone through a lot of, like, off-the-field instances. So I really think it's just a negotiation of, like, you know, everything that he's done, um, from what he's done on the field to what he's done off the field. And um, I think that's really more of what the conversation is. Going back to Andrew Luck for a moment, I mean, we, we saw Luck, we saw Gronk, you know, we saw him leave early. We've seen a lot of players – leave the game, quote-unquote, early. Do you think that trend will continue based on some of the things we know about CTE and some of the effects of football on the body, the mind, and everything? Most certainly. You know what I mean? Like, again, you know, I, I mean, I, I was so blessed to just have a good team behind me. You know, I was actually forced to retire uh, back in 2012, you know, 13-ish uh, due to concussion. Um, and, you know, it was around the time when the movie came out, and, you know, that was my fourth concussion since uh, high school, you know, since I started playing football. And, um, you know, I, again, I was just blessed to have a really good team, and, you know, the doctors uh, down in Jacksonville weren't necessarily clear me. Um, and, uh, you know, at first, you know, I was a young kid, you know, with, with money changing the trajectory of my family. And, um, you know, I, I had to walk away, you know, from the game. And like I said, my agent was able to do some things financially uh, to, to really help me get started and to, to do a lot of the things that I'm doing now. But um, the fact that um, I wouldn't say I necessarily left on – I definitely didn't leave on my terms because um, I, I, this would be year eight for me. But, um, you know, I definitely see more guys following that trend because, you know um, – I, I like to look at it this way, you know, uh, when, when, you, when you look at the, the crack cocaine era and, 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 and the drug era, you know, there weren't many people before them that they could use by example. So what ended up happening was, you know, these drugs got into these inner cities um, and they, they, they took over. 
you know, but now, you know, you, you kind of have to just be a complete, you know, idiot, to, excuse my, you know, language, uh, to, to try any of those drugs because there are so many people that have come before us that we've seen what the drug can actually do to them. So in terms of, like, the drug of, like, loving the game of football and, you know, playing it to, you know, you can't even walk anymore. I mean, you see so many guys, man, um, who, who, who could barely walk. You know, you can see guys who, who can barely, you know, have a conversation with their family just due to, you know, some of the brain injuries, um, that they sustained throughout their career and just the, the pounding and the pounding that they, um, you know, took, you know, like you said about Zeke, you know, it's but so many hits your body can take. You know, when you, when you continue to push through because either the money or because you love the game, you know, it's, 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 it's like the drugs, you know, like, you know, you, you seeing what it's done to the people that have come before us, you know, now it's like, okay, not only do you need to be smart with your money, but you need to be healthy enough so that the money that you do have, you can enjoy it. And, you know, you can either start a family, have a family, take care of your family, and just enjoy, you know, that work um, as opposed to devoting your life to a sport that when it's over, it's over. You know what I mean? And I had to learn that very early on, uh, which has led me into the work that I'm doing now. You talk about the drug, the drug uh, of football. How long did it take for you to break the habit, so to speak? Man, it, it, I mean, I'm still recovering. You know what I mean? Like, eight, you know, my seven years uh, just, just from playing the game, um, I'm still recovering. And I, I think the biggest thing for me was um, just that transition. You know, um, when, when you talk about, you know, just a drug in, in, in its natural form, um, you know, take any, you know, high addictive drug, you know, you, you, your body becomes dependent on it to where now your body and your mind doesn't know how to operate without that substance. And, and you compare that to, you know, any sport, you know, especially when you, you make it to the professional, you know, you know, not only um, is your name on the line, but, you know, uh, you know, your financial situation is on the line. And, you know, um, my life's work now is, is, is really to, uh, you know, just get student athletes and just athletes all over to just understand that they are more than just athletes. You know, um, you know this is a really, really tough time, you know, for a lot of young men right now. And, and, and what I say right now is this past weekend where rosters went from 90 to 73 to right. 53. And now, you know, you have men who, you know, have devoted, you know, you talk about men who, you know, were five-star, four-star recruits, you know, all they knew was the game of football, highly recruited, went to Alabama, went to USC, went to a small school like Wagner, like myself. And now, you know, the game is taken from them. You know, to where you know they're they they have no identity, they have no idea who they are. Um, they're depressed. Um, they feel inadequate, and it's false. You know what I mean? Like you 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 can't go from being a five star recruit playing at one of the top universities to get an opportunity of either getting drafted or getting you know signed as an undrafted free agent and feeling as if you're inadequate to the world. I mean, you have so much to offer, um, and and it took me a while to realize you know, that I had a lot to offer the world that, um, you know, so when you talk about that drug, it, it, it's really just uh, for myself, just understanding that like, okay, although I don't have the sport in my life, um, you know, there are ways that um, I can just show myself that I, I am enough, I have enough, and um, I can, you know, change the trajectory of not only my community, but just young boys that look like me, that don't look like me, um, just an opportunity. We're talking to former NFL player Jeremiah Brown. So you, you talked about all those things, feeling in, inadequate, feeling depressed, feeling all those different type of emotions. 
were those the type of emotions that you felt when your career came to an end? Oh, most certainly. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, my best friend, um, you know, my college roommate, Julian Stanford, you know, he's actually going into year eight. We entered the league together, and um, he's currently with the Buffalo Bills, and, you know, he's had a tremendous career. And, you know, I just – I was talking to him yesterday for his birthday, and, you know, just the, the fact that he's, you know, going into year eight, you know, at first, you know, maybe like around year three or four, you know, I'd probably envious and like, man, I should be right there with you. You know, but now, you know, my conversations are a lot different where it's just like, man, um, you know, what are your plans? You know what I mean? In, in regards to like when, you know, when it's over. And, um, you know, he's someone who's well prepared for that. Um, but for myself, you know, when, when the game was taken from me uh, due, to, due to concussion, man, I was, I was, I mean, I went through probably uh, the darkest times in my life of just, you know, I went from, you know, owning property and, you know, um, signing a multi-million-dollar you know, million dollar deal um, over the course of three seasons to, you know, being back, you know, in Brooklyn with my mom, you know, with all of this money, not really, not really sure of, you know, what my next move is, you know, what am I going to do? And for me, it was a lot different than a lot of young men who are currently dealing with um, not playing currently is, you know, I couldn't play anymore, right? It, it was in a time where, you know, the CTE and the, the NFLPA was, you know, um, in contract negotiations in terms of, like, you know, suing the NFL and, you know, the movie came out. And it was just a time where, you know, if you had a concussion, you either had to hide it or, you know, you, you couldn't say much of anything at all. And, um, you know, for myself, it, it, it ended up not happening that way. And, uh, you know, I, man, it was – and I, I really look back, and uh, man, it, it really took a toll on just me mentally. And I'm still, I'm still working through that. Um, I'm still working through that to this day, to be honest with you. So you talk about your life work, your, your life work, the things that you're doing to change the world in a lot of ways. Right, so talk about your life work, and let me ask you this: before you talk about that, do you think if you would have continued to play football, that you would never have found? your life work? Um, I, I do. I do think that if I would have kept playing, um, it would have just prolonged my life um, just in terms of like, you know, I'd be in my eighth year. I definitely probably, you know, I'd have more stardom or, you know, fame and more money. Um, but just in regards to like my purpose, I know for a fact that my purpose wasn't to play um, football. Um, that was the platform that has led me into my purpose. And I, I truthfully feel like even from when I was a young boy growing up, you know, my pops came around and, um, you know, it was, it, was, it was a situation where, you know, my pops, you know, he, um, you know, he would always, you know, take me to, you know, martial arts. And, you know, I, I would tell him, I said, you know, Dad, I want to help kids. And he, told, he said, son, you can't help kids unless you help yourself. And from that very day, I understood that in order for me to really, really, you know, help someone, I have to give someone a reason to to want to get help by me, you know what I mean? Or, or do something to the point where that work would speak for itself. And I, I really truthfully feel that God put me in the NFL um, so that I could attach my name to it. Um, but, but, but ultimately, you know, when I walk into a room of, you know, uh, young adults or just um, young athletes, um, my work speaks for itself and it, it, it gives me the platform 
to use my gifts in public speaking, motivational speaking, uh, to really speak life into them and to, and to get them to realize that their circumstances don't necessarily define who they are, um, but ultimately um, it's just a stepping stone towards what it is that they want out of life. And if they want to be a collegiate, a scholarship athlete, providing them the steps and the blueprint towards achieving that. Um, if their goal is to play in the NFL or the NBA or the MLB, you know, not giving any promises because we all know the numbers don't lie, but giving them structured guidance on, like, this is what professional athletes do, and this is what people who say they want this, and they do no work. You know what I mean? Right. And really just giving them that perspective. And I, I feel like when, when you look at my peers and just, you know, like, when you, you, Andrew Luck is a perfect example. He's a great guy. You know, uh, but he comes from stability. You know what I mean? He comes from, you know, a place where, um, you know, finances isn't necessarily, um, weren't necessarily um, uh, a struggle. You know, and I, and I could be completely wrong, you know, but from what um, I've grown to know, um, when, when I compare someone like him, and I think that's why I was so blown away by his humility, you know what I mean? Because knowing, you know, he went to Stanford and he went, right. and he, you know, he, he had access um, to things that I didn't necessarily have access to. Um, and the fact that we were playing on the same field together, um, he never, you know, because there are a lot of guys who have access and who come from, you know, um, a higher level of, you know, finances. They will make you feel um, either inadequate or if you are not on their level. Um, and, um, me and those people never really necessarily get along, and uh, Andrew <laughs> Luck was never someone uh, who, who, who ever made me or anyone around him feel that way. Um, so I, I use that as an example because um, a lot of a lot of my work in terms of my life's work is um, dealing with inner city uh, student athletes. And um, you know, when I uh, was forced to retire from the NFL, um, I was able to use my degree in education. And, uh, you know, I became the, uh, the youngest athletic director in New York City and in New York State. And through that experience early on, um, it really pushed me um, to, you know, help change the narrative, you know, just rewrite the narrative just in terms of like New York City football, New York City sports in general. And I think the biggest thing when you look at, you know, New York City, for example, and Florida and Texas and these other school states, um, primarily in New York City, uh, our student athletes look at sports as recreation. And, um, you know, as opposed to these other, you know, cities and states, um, they look at it more as a tool or a vehicle uh, to better their, um, you know, education and overall life. So for me, it's, it's really just bridging that gap and taking all of the experiences on all of the people that I've been blessed to meet and just, you know, pouring that back into, you know, student athletes, um, you know, the, currently in New York City. But the goal is, you know, to uh, really take this, um, to a whole nother level and, and really uh, affect student athletes all over. So you are a motivational speaker, and I always like to ask this, who motivates motivational speaker? Who motivates you? Man, right now, um, one of my biggest inspirations, uh, Inky Johnson, man. Inky, you know, Inky's story um, is, is, is tremendous. Um, Inky, you know, just in terms of, like, what he's been able to do, um, and overcoming his adversity and really just stepping into his purpose. Um, you know, Inky is definitely someone who uh, hits at home for me. Uh, and, um, you know, I've, I've always been inspired, never had the opportunity to meet him, um, you know, yet. But, um, you know, he's definitely someone who motivates the motivator. Um, I'm, I'm still in the lab. I, God has blessed me with a God-given talent 
uh, to speak and to inspire. But um, you know, I'm 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 in the lab and I'm I'm studying and um, you know, I'm definitely working on just sharpening that tool of getting better. Um, I, you know, I've most recently uh, worked with the uh, the Mac conference. And, um, you know, I uh, just did a video with them, which is actually going to um, air this, this weekend um, during one of their national games. Uh, so, you know, me and my team are excited about that. And, you know, just b- before I even give myself that title um, of a motivational speaker, you know, I'm just earning my stripes, you know what I mean? And just, just, just really – because I, I respect the game too much, you know, in, in, in the speaking game. It it, 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 um, it, 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 I think only the strong survive. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really just earning that title before I even call myself that, uh, if that makes any sense. That makes a lot of sense. So you're doing some motivational speaking. What else is going on with Jeremiah Brown? Man, you know, so, uh, like I said, you know, I had the opportunity uh, the Mac conference, you know, hit me up to do, um, you know, so a lot of what I do uh, is uh, student athlete development um, consulting. So, you know, I work with a lot of student athletes primarily in New York City and, um, you know, j- just working on um, what it is to, you know, be a complete student athlete, um, primarily uh, with the focus of becoming a, schol- a, a scholarship athlete, um, you know, getting inner, getting inner city kids to uh, think more outside the box and, and just change their perspective of, of how they see sports. And in um, doing that, you know, just working on a lot of the mental health. Um, and, and really the premise of what I do is, 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 is ultimately to, to get student athletes to, to see themselves as more than just athletes. You know, and I, I think that just across every sport, um, you know, in America, you know, you know kids, you know, that play sports and are really good, you know, I really feel like the better you are in a sport, the worse off you become because, you know, that's all you know. And when that's all you know, when the clock hits zero or you're forced to retire the way I was, then what? And I've realized that it's really become undefeated of just athletes, being able to transition into life after sports and there being a huge gap of, okay, who am I now? And for me, you know, my, my life's work is to, to help fill that gap and to, you know, create a lane where, or add value uh, to the lane where, um, you know, student athletes, you know, just see themselves more than just, just athletes. So, um, you know, I'm working on publishing my first book, uh, which should be out, uh, what should be done, uh, 2020. I'm also working on a workbook uh, in conjunction to my book, um, and, and and that is all with the with the goal to, you know, have student athletes work through um, the necessary steps on how to get closer to their dreams. If that's to play collegiate ball on a scholarship, if that's to you know potentially you know work their way to the league or whatever it is, um, just getting them to understand, like, this is what professional athletes do. This is what scholarship athletes do. And it's either you can rise or either you can fall. And, you know, and just, you know, also talking about the politics, you know, and the the things that you can't control. Uh, But, uh, man, there's so much. I'm just so blessed uh, to be in position to, uh, you know, do it all. Just just trying to balance. (laughs) Just balance. So let me ask you this. Going back to the NFL now, 
looking at the whole situation with Colin Kaepernick, you are a Brooklyn guy. We all saw the situation with Jay-Z in the NFL, those two working together now. Looking at the whole situation with Kaepernick, are you shocked, surprised, disappointed that Kaepernick is still not in the NFL? No, I'm not I'm not surprised at all. Um and the reason why I'm not surprised is because again, you know, um and and I, and, I, and I tell people this all the time, you know, I'm I'm a huge supporter of Colin Kaepernick. Um, you know, but uh I also understand that the NFL is a business. Although I don't necessarily respect um how they operate in regards to being a business, but um anything that is going to get in the way of the owners making money and the owners, um, anything that's going to get in the way of how business operates, they, they get, they, they, they get rid of, you know what I mean? And I think for Colin, it, it was a way for the NFL to, to make an example out of. And, um, you know, like I said, I didn't necessarily agree with, I necessarily agree with how they went about that in terms of like, um, blackballing him, blacklisting him, but um, I think it comes with taking that stance, and I believe he was prepared for that. And when you think about, like, you know, I, I know a lot of people, you know, especially from Brooklyn, like, oh man, how could Jay Z sell out? How could Jay Z sell out? And, and Jay Z made a really good point, and he said, um, I think a lot of times people get caught up in the fight that they forget, like, okay, after the fight, like, you. you at some point, you get over it, and then you, you work towards a solution as opposed to, like, keep fighting. And I think that, you know, it's just this American way of, you know, just work. You know, people just feel like if, because you're working hard and you're working hard and you're working hard, it'll pay off. Like, that just doesn't work in 2019. Like, you need to work smart in conjunction to working hard. And, you know, in, in terms of, like, what Jay-Z is saying, um, you know, at this point, we are at that next level now. And in order to create change, you need to be at the table, and you need to have a, a you need to have ownership within the table. And the fact that he's put he's used that as leverage to put him in himself in position to help create change. Now, when these conversations are being had, and we get the next you know potential Kaepernick or whatever the situation is, now there's representation at the table. So for me, you know, um, I respect all that Kaepernick has done in the stance, but um, if he didn't know, um, I know he realized that this is a part of that process. And, you know, he, he took that loss for, you know, um, the people that, that, that will come after him. Let me ask you this. And, you know, I, I disagree with you slightly. I understand in, in terms of Jay-Z getting that seat at the table, you know, someone has to get that seat, and I agree with all that. But my issue with it is how can you move forward with the partnership when the guy who created the movement is still out of the league, and obviously the reason he is out of the league is because of what he did. Yep, I agree. Um, but, again, you know, it, 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 it's one of those things where um, it being a business – and the owners taking a stance on, you know, I, I, it, it, I like to use Le'Veon Bell as an, as an example. Right, Le'Veon Bell tried to make a stance against, honestly, the whole league and say, look, 
I've created this productivity. I deserve this. And team didn't sign him. And the team that did sign him didn't pay him what he was fighting for in the first place. You know what I mean? So the league, the league won. Um, and so I say that to say, like, and then you, you compare that to, like, the, the Ezekiel Elliott. It, it's really a, a stance by the NFL owner saying, you are not going to dictate how we run business. And because your stance is affecting business, you know, we could, we, could tell, we could say it's racism. We could say it's a lot of things. You know, I don't necessarily, agree. like I said in the beginning, I don't necessarily agree with how they go about it. But I understand simply because I had to go through the business side of like Jeremiah right. Brown. We don't, we, we get it. You are injured. You have a concussion. But um, here's your last check. And, you know, good luck. It's not right. like, oh, you have a mortgage. It's not like, oh, you have a family to take care of. It's not any of that. It's just more of right now, you are a liability, and we need to get rid of all liabilities so we have the best chance of winning and making more money. And when Kaepernick took that stance, he put himself in a position to become a liability. And they used him as, you know, we are going to make a stance on – because. Although, you know, Eric Reed and a lot of other players have taken the same stand, Colin Kaepernick is Colin Kaepernick. And the buzz and the media attention and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there were NFL coaches that said, we don't want that guy on my team because it's going to cause too much of a distraction. Right. And I think, you know, when you really look at it from that perspective, um, you know, you, although you may not necessarily agree with him not being in a league, um, you can almost sympathize and say, like, look, you know, him being on my team could be very much so a distraction, no matter how we support right. him through this. Um, so then what are we doing? Are we, are we doing this to win a Super Bowl? Or are we doing this to support Colin Kaepernick? And coaches don't keep their jobs by, you know what I mean, taking political stances. Coaches keep their jobs by winning championships and winning games and competing. So, um, again, I, I'm coming from a more of a, like, you know, cold-hearted business. You know what I mean? And, 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 and I hate that the league has even turned me into this person, but it, it, it's the only way that I could realize that it, it wasn't personal. Like, they didn't let me go because right. they didn't like me. They let me go because I was a liability. And everyone who's a liability, no matter who you are, you got to get clipped. And... That is, you know, so, um, you know, I could be spinning wheels, you know, just in terms of like just, just me saying this, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I support, you know, um, you know, Colin and, and I support, um, you know, Jay-Z stance on getting himself at the table. You Brooklyn guys always stick together. Got to, got to. <laughs> Mandatory. I, I will say this from a business standpoint, I get it. Look, the NFL is not not in business for social justice. That's just not their business. That, yeah. So, the moment that Kaepernick affected the bottom line was the moment that, like you said, he became a liability in the moment and the reason that he's not playing in the National Football League today. That's just the reality yeah. of the situation. We're talking to yep. former NFL player Jeremiah Brown. So, Jeremiah, before we get out of here, we look at the NFL. 2019 season gets started on Thursday. 
We've got a lot of teams out here. Philadelphia, Dallas, looking good in the NFC. You know, in the AFC, obviously you got Tom Brady and the Patriots. So, looking at this upcoming season, how do you view it? I mean, who do you think is going to walk home with that Lombardi? I mean, uh, man, you know, now in 2019, you know, they're saying that defenses don't win championships. You just need to score, 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 score. Me being a defensive cat, I don't necessarily agree with those statements, but I will say um, that, you know, um, what has won the Patriots, the championships over the course of the years, has never been because, you know, they had, um, you know, a a run-stop, pass-stop defense. It was because um, they played within the system. Everyone did their job. But most importantly, when when Tom Brady was needed, he delivered. And, you know, I, I can't go against Tom. But I will say Father Tom is catching up to him. So it's just a matter of time. Um, but them, them Kansas City Chiefs, man, you know, they okay. just got LaShawn McCoy, um, high-flying offense. Um, if they can put up the same numbers as they did last year, um, I think, you know, with the talent that they have now and just the experience of being, you know, that close, if they can, if they if they can get back to those numbers that they put up last year, I I believe they might be the team to beat. So you like the Chiefs? I don't like the Chiefs. I but I just <laughs> just in regards to like just just in regards to um, the numbers and you know uh, they pretty much have, if not more tools to use. Uh, they got Tyron Matthew now back there in defense. So um, statistically, I feel like they'll be the team to beat. Um, you know, you got them up there. You always got to throw the Patriots in there. And I'm yeah. a Jets guy. Um, I'm a Jets and Jags guy myself. So, you know, with Andrew Luck out, that definitely, you know, the Jags pretty much got the AFC South on lock. Um, and, uh, you know, my Jets, that's, 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 that's home for me. So, <laughs> I think we got, I think, I think we got a, I think we got a shot uh, to stir some things up. So, we'll see. All right, so just so I'm clear, just so I'm clear, about to write this down in pen, maybe pencil, <laughs> but I'm going to write it down. Kansas City Chiefs walk home with the Lombardi. Uh, yeah. Okay. Heard it first. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'll attach your name to that. Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> will win the Super Bowl. We shall see. Where can fans... <laughs> find information about all the great things you got going on in the community? Um, so uh, you could definitely uh, find me on Instagram um, at one, the the number one, Jeremiah Brown. Uh, you type that in on Instagram. Um, you know, that's where you'll find my most, you know, up-to-date content. Um, actually, uh, right now, uh, redoing my website. My website is uh, takethelead.llc.com. Uh, you can find all my spokesformers training, a lot of the work that I do with the schools. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, primarily my uh, – oh, and my Twitter, Faith in JB. And, yeah, that's uh, that's it. So we got a lot of places to contact you, a lot of places to get a hold of you, a lot of places to see all the great things that you're doing in the community. Jeremiah, pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Would love to do it again. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. Thank you.
Take care of yourself. Uh, you too, my man. Jeremiah Brown, former NFL player. Support all the great things going on with, with Jeremiah Brown. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pgant, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Hit us up on Twitter, at GoForGant. Hit us up on Facebook, at GoForRadio. Make sure you go over to our like page. Click that like button. That like button. Show us a little love. Go to Twitter. Click that follow button. Show us a little love. So go to all those places. And of course, go to GoForRadio.com. Go over there. Subscribe. Show us another. Show us a little bit of love. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you later. Take care. Bye.